Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know it's been too long, too, too long since we brought y'all some content, but we are here. We are back and we are ready to talk some hoops with y'all. It is your boy, Darius Capers, Darius underscore Capers on the socials or at Darius Capers on other socials. Also, Kung Fu Cape on the Twitch. And make sure you follow the Dynasties Podcast YouTube channel at the Dynasties Podcast. We've recently hit 100 subs and we going up from there, man. So I got with me my brother. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the people that may have forgotten who you are, Alex. Friends, families, comrades, gang and them, all that. It's your boy, Alex Reed. Um, follow me, Instagram, Tingo Bands, one zero zero L D B A N Z underscore. Um, let's get it going, man. 100 subscribers. We only been up for two months on the YouTube. Let's try to get that up to 200 subscribers in the next two months to see what y'all can do for us. If y'all might, we might do a giveaway. We might do something interacting with y'all as the subscribers, the fans. Let us know. Us out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's let's go for that 200, man. I'm I'm on the grind. I'm posting something every day. As of right now, I'm going through my NFL mock draft. So that should be enough content. I've just hit pick 17. So that's about 14 more shorts. Hopefully that gets us another mm, 40, 50 subs. But after that, we're going to be going hard nose into basketball content. So on today's episode, speaking of basketball content, you see the backgrounds. Lakers, Celtics, it's a basketball episode, man. Y'all know what it is. On the slate for today, we got the second half of the season preview or review. Uh, we have top three post-trade deadline winning teams and teams that we have after the post-deadline, the, the trade deadline, excuse me, post-trade deadline that we'll, we're looking forward to with the final 20, 15 to 20 games left in the season. Uh, our award updates, who we have winning each of the awards. We have the most impressive performance so far this season, single player performance. And last but not least, we have to talk about this because it's a very hot topic, the John Morant situation. So starting off, I'm going to pitch it over to Alex. Alex, what's your review of the second half of the NBA season so far? Man, <clears throat> Let me just talk to my Laker fans, Laker family, bro. We are, we are in good spirits. Telling you, boy, we are good to go. We are in the ninth seed, um, and we on the way to the six. Nobody want to see us. That's the I had to get that out with. Um, second half of the season as a whole, though, I'm really impressed with the teams. Um, I think we have a solidified of who's going to win, uh, who's going to be in the finals, who might be in the Eastern Conference or Western Conference finals. I think we have a good pariah on that um the games have been great there have been some great excellent performances um and we'll get into that as the podcast goes on um but as a review this is probably the best season i've ever seen in basketball and i've been watching closely since probably like 06 and this is the best season from top to bottom both conferences um you can really argue that one through nine on each conference as a playoff team worthy of being in the playoffs and would give us an interesting and entertaining series, no matter who they're matched up with. So it's been a great season. It's been an even better second half. I completely agree with you, bro. Um, definitely with the Western conference, I would say one through 10, 
they're all teams that can really give anyone fits, barring injury, barring health. I mean, if you look, the Pelicans are the nine seed, man, and they're without their best players. So if Zion comes back and is what we know him to be, they can be a team that can upset somebody like the Sacramento Kings or like the Memphis Grizzlies, depending on the Josh situation, which is something we'll get to later. So the West is definitely wide open for me. Now, I'll be honest with you, the East is a little more cut and dry for me. I pretty much think yeah. it's a it's a four-team race. I would be scared to play the Cavs in the second round if I'm a lot of teams. I think the Cavs can really give – the Sixers and my Boston Celtics a tough run. They're currently at the four seed. So if they get matched up with the Bucks in the second round, Mobley would have a tough time. Jared Allen would have a tough time guarding a Giannis. But after that, man, the Knicks are the five seed. They've been playing well, but I don't really believe in the Knicks. You got the, the new look Brooklyn Nets. You know, Ben Simmons is still injured. The the two best players yeah. on that team is Michael Bridges and Nick Claxton. They're they're viable players in the NBA, but they're going to go into every series with the yeah. third or fourth best player on, on the floor. The Heat, they're a team that's steady creeping up. They're getting a little healthier. And them getting Kevin Love didn't show – 100% impact as soon as I thought it would because they've been losing games with him and with Kyle Lowry being injured as well. They just they, – they're they okay. But, I mean, and then you got the Hawks around there at the bottom, which is a team that I thought would have performed a lot better than they have. They haven't. The Raptors and then the Wizards, those are the, the 9 and 10 seeds. So – I really think the the NBA, the East side of the NBA is a lot more cut and dry than the West, but I will agree with you. The Western Conference has about nine teams that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the six-seeded Warriors make it to the finals again. I wouldn't be surprised if the eight-seeded Clippers make it to the conference finals. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers at the 10 seed or the nine seed win the play-in and then get to the NBA conference finals or get to the uh, Western Conference finals or the NBA finals. I would not be surprised. So it's tough. The, the person I feel the most the most bad for, I know that's terrible grammar, but the person I feel the worst for is what I should say, is Damian Lillard, man. Damian Lillard's yeah. having a career season, and they're stuck at that 12 seed. They're tied for the 11 with the Thunders, but they're down there with the Jazz. The Jazz have a half or half game behind them, so – I just I feel so bad for Dame, man. Well, I agree, um, especially about the Dame point. I really wish he would stop choosing the hardest road and really just demand a trade because there are so many suitors for Dame, and I just want to see him in a – I want to see him in a winning situation because Dame really realistically hasn't been in a winning situation since 2016, and that's before the Kevin Durant trade. I mean, the Kevin Durant signing. So since it's been about – Seven whole years, and he hasn't been in a, a winning situation that anybody with basketball sits in a minuscule way would believe in. Um, so I would love to see him in a different situation and let Portland actually rebuild and let's see what they can do with that. Um, in regards to the Eastern Conference, the Knicks are on a nine-game win streak, bro. Are you not – that's something to be afraid of because they don't have a star, but they remind me of the Hawks in a sense in 20. 20- 
that been 2015? I think it was 2015. And they had that. They had the one seed. Um, all them all stars that really weren't all star players, but yeah. I mean that in me, Julius Randle can go get you thirty, maybe even forty on any given night if he just rolls to the occasion. We saw Emmanuel quickly drop thirty eight about two three games ago. Um, Quentin Grimes is a good player; he can shoot threes. They, I think they just traded for somebody. I think they traded for a shooter. I think it was. I have to go back and look at it, but I think they just traded for somebody. Um, I think I, I like them, bro. I like them. I think they got a lot of shooters, and I think they got a lot of guys that can just kind of go off 30, 25, and, and if any of those guys go off, especially off the bench, you got a lot to deal with. Jalen Brunson should have been an all-star. He should have been an all-star. Been. Like 24, I think he's ever like 24 and 6 off the bat, been a world changer for the Knicks. And Mitchell Robinson protecting the paint down low is nothing to scratch sneeze at either. I think they could – I think they could get a um I think they could get a a uh, a playoff win. I really do. But right now they're in the fifth seed and then that if it's playoff started tomorrow, they'd have to play the Cavs and there's no way of taking them over the Cavs. So So with your belief in the Knicks, the top four mm-hmm. seeds being the Bucks, the Celtics, the Sixers, and the Cavs, what team, if you're the Knicks, would you want to play in the first round? I don't want to play the the easier of all those teams, which is the Cavs. But, you know, Darius Garland is a bona fide 25 a night, 22, 23, something around there. Donovan Mitchell has earned himself an MVP discussion. Then you got – they still have a wing situation that they got to address. But Evan Mobley and Jared Allen as your front court is probably the best front court in the league right now as a defense and offense, especially defense. So I wouldn't want to play them if I'm the Knicks. I don't want to play in B because I don't have an answer for him at all. I don't have an answer for Giannis, and I need two answers when it comes to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and I don't have either. So I'd rather play the Cavs. Yeah, that makes sense. I I agree with that just because guard-wise, I mean – uh, Jalen Brunson, he's gonna he's gonna do his thing, but him and RJ Barrett as a backcourt, do you really trust him in front of Garland and D Mitch for an entire series? I don't think I do. Like you said, the Sixers are just they just don't match up well at all because mm-hmm. Mitchell Robinson, Embiid would have Mitchell Robinson in foul trouble that entire series, and then with us. Similar, like you said, the Knicks kind of need a wing player. I don't really think they have a wing stopper. I mean, who is their star? Like Quentin Grimes. I mean, you put R.J. Barrett on somebody, but do you trust them in front of Tatum and Brown? I don't think so. And then we're just a deeper team. And then Milwaukee, Giannis would get what he wants. Julius Randle wouldn't stand a chance. Mitchell Robinson, again, wouldn't stand a chance. So, I guess they could take the Cavs to five, but they'd be going home in the first round. Like that that nine-game win streak is nice, but, yeah, I don't think they stand much of a chance in the playoffs because, again, this is a situation, just like I was mentioning earlier, uh, about the, the, the Nets. They're going to have the third best player out of the top three in any series because with the Bucks. I would take Drew Holiday and Giannis over Julius Randle. 
And then with the Sixers, I would take Embiid. I would take James Harden. Harden. With the Cavs, I'll take Maxie, like you yeah. If you take Maxi over uh, Julius Randle, <laughs> yeah. then that means they have the fourth best player out of four. Like, so that's tough. I mean, and then with with the Cavs, like you said, Garland, Mitchell, they're combined 50, 50 and 15. So, and then Mobley, I probably would take Mobley over Julius Randle as well. So, another ser- another situation where they have the fourth best team, which it just, it doesn't bode well for them in terms of matchups. Now, can they be scrappy? Can they get a game? And to be honest, I'd say Jalen Brooks is better than Julius Randle, like you said. So, yeah, I agree. It doesn't bode well for them matchup-wise, but a team that I want to keep my eye on is the Atlanta Hawks because if the Hawks – They got to – yeah. It, they're yeah. a deep team. If they're able to get in maybe a six seed, they could give the Sixers trouble because they've given the Sixers trouble. Now, I know it was with Ben Simmons, but Trey Young – I'm a, I'm a Trey Young fan, 27 and 10. I know there was speculation that they're looking to try to move him this offseason. I think that'd be the worst thing they could do. It depends on what they get back. Because I trust DeJounte Murray as my point guard. But something that nobody, a lot of people aren't talking about is the fact that they got Sadiq Bey. Mm-hmm. That's a wing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, DeAndre Hunter is okay, but Sadiq, and I'm not saying Sadiq Bey viewers, I'm not saying he's a superstar. I'm not even saying he's an all-star. But what I am saying is that he can give you 15 a night and pay, and play good defense. He's about 6'8". I think he's about maybe 215. So I would trust him in front of most wings. Now, in front of Jason Taylor and Jalen Brown, I mean, those are the best wings in the league. I mean, you could really you could really put them as after KD and LeBron. They're better than Kawhi and Paul George, in my opinion. So – um, you know, that's who they that's who they were looking at. But he's a guy that we saw last year. I think he went off of 54. And it wasn't like just straight spot up shots of viewers. He was posting up, hitting midway, mid-range fadeaways, getting breakaway dunks, um, layups. He hit a, a few spot up threes. Um, and then he hit a few threes off the dribble. So he's capable of being a three-level scorer, a third option, a reliable third third option, a better third option than they're getting from John Collins, whose main thing is a very highlight reel type of guy. He can hit spot shots, but his main momentum goes when he dunks on somebody or when he gets a crazy lob. And you're going to need more than that going into the playoffs. So I don't know because, in my opinion, James Harden is a better player than what Ben Simmons was when they won, when they won that game seven, uh, that seven-game series about two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. So James Harden, I think James Harden – with Embiid and Maxi, I think that would kind of beat the Hawks. And I'd give the Hawks out of respect for Trey Young. I'd give them two games because I feel like Trey Young can go off for forty and hit a lot of low little threes. That's going to make your team be like, it's just not for us today. But um, I'd give them six. I don't know if it would go seven. Yeah, I, I can I can see that, bro. And I'm glad you mentioned that Sadiq Bay move because that can be a good segue into the next point, but. Man, I would personally be scared to play them if I'm Boston. And I say that because with Robert Williams being injured, we don't really have that paint presence that can keep a Capella, keep a John Collins, keep a Oneka Kung out of the paint at will. 
And with them having Sadiq Bey, DeAndre Hunter, DeJounte Murray, capable wing guys that can check up, they match up against us pretty well. And so that would be scary for me as a Celtic fan, just because it would really come down to, because I would say Trey Young and Jalen Brown are on the same level. Tier, yeah, I agree. I agree. I would say Jason Tatum is the clear-cut number one best player in that series, but number two is a toss-up on any given night. And then you can argue DeJounte Murray's not far behind those two guys. He's really not. I mean, he's a a second option that can get you a triple-double with three or four steals. That's crazy. Like, his impact on the the game is huge. So – at, on any given night, it's four best players in the series. Each of us have two. Then it comes to the fifth best player, Sadiq Bey, John Collins, or are we going with Malcolm Brogdon and Marcus Smart? And, like, you see what I'm saying? So it, it's the matchup is – it's even. It's even. Especially if Robert Williams continues to have the knee injury that he's been having all season. He's played a few games here or there. But that surgery he had this past offseason, we thought it would have, you know, taken care of everything, cleaned everything up, but apparently it's still giving him issues. So I don't know. I'm not looking forward to seeing the Hawks if we have to, but, you know, that would be a good series. It'd be some good basketball. But like I said, man, that segues perfectly into the next point that we had. Uh, and I, I feel like you're going to like this point. The top three post-trade deadline teams. I know you already mentioned the Hawks getting Sadiq Bay. That was a tremendous pickup for them, even though it hasn't impacted the one column tremendously. Who are who are your top three uh, post-trade deadline teams, like winners of the? Trade? Well, actually, the the Hawks were my number three um, mm-hmm. because I know what Sadiq Bay is um, mm-hmm. and how that team is. I think they mesh more um, more together. You could now argue. I mean, it, you would lose the argument, but a, a, a series with the Cavs and the Hawks is also going to be a toss-up because of that trade. So I get it, it allows them to make and beat more teams. So I uh, that was my number three of my top three. Uh, my second was the Phoenix Suns. I think that's kind of obvious. Um, Kevin Durant almost guarantees any team, any middling borderline team a championship. I mean, it's Kevin bleeping Durant. I mean, we can argue about something he does off the court, but what remains on the court is he's a guaranteed 30 whenever you need it. Whenever whenever you want a 30 piece, you'd be like Kevin Durant, 30, and he'll might come back with 40. You don't know, and it's going to be efficient. I've watched so many games. It's been three or four games since he's got to the Suns. Ladies and gentlemen, he's had 30 balls on 17 shots. That is extremely tough. And I'm talking about only missing five. Yeah. I've, I've never seen a player maybe other than LeBron James who's that efficient. And then even then, LeBron James' is 30 is him hurting your shoulder because he's driving on you all game. But Kevin Durant is bink, bink, hezzy pull-up, and it's cash every time. So that with, with Devin Booker and Chris Paul setting everybody up and DeAndre uh, Aiden, uh, excuse me, DeAndre Ayton cleaning it up down low. I think that almost guarantees them a championship so long as Devin Booker don't make anybody mad with his trash talk and they run into Luka and him and Kyrie both drop 45 um, like they did on another team a couple nights ago. Um, so that's my number two. My number one is us. 
We got rid of everything that was wrong with our team. No disrespect to Russell Westbrook. He just did not fit with us. Um, Patrick Beverly was not the 3 and D guard that we thought we were getting. I th- I looked at his stats. I think he was averaging like six, two and two, like something pitiful like that. Um, so we needed more from – exactly. We needed more from him than that. Um, we needed something along the lines of like maybe like 10, four and five, something like that. That's something that we needed from Patrick Beverly. He wasn't giving it to us. Juan Toscano Anderson really didn't play like that. Neither did Damian Jones. And Brian, uh, Thomas Bryant is a good little – I don't know, compare this to fishing a little bit. He's a good little jig. He he, he made teams believe, and we got something from the uh, from Denver because of it. Um, and because of all those things, we were able to get D'Angelo Russell, um, Malik Beasley, uh, a Swiss Army knife, and Jared Vanderbilt, who's been huge. He's had a couple of double-digit rebounds. Nice for us, especially in games that we won and needed that type of energy and defense. Uh, Mo Bamba, even though he's hurt, is a, a stretch five. And I don't really know what Davon Reed is going to give for us right now, but I knew I do know that we got him in three second-round picks from Denver, which is going to help our rebuilding stage. Aside from the talent, ladies and gentlemen, um, the biggest trade thing that we got as a Laker team, I feel like, is that we got extremely younger. D'Angelo Russell's 26. Malik Beasley's like 25, 26, I think. Jared Vanderbilt is like he's 23. Mo Bamba's like 24. We got younger. Honestly, the oldest people on the team now is just Braun and AD. So that means right. when they move on, we have a team that's respectable, respectable, and will win games. And even if like, you know, let's say D'Angelo Russell is having a great season. We can kind of use him as what we did with Thomas Bryant to kind of lure teams in to say, hey, we got a guard that's young. He can shoot threes. He can make the uh, make plays. He's got a solid mid-range game. He can hit his free throws. He can be your starter. And we might get something back. Give me some picks to help us as the uh, decade moves forward. So I think we are – we. I don't know if we could win a championship. I'm not going to be outlandish like that. There's a lot of teams in the East that I feel like will beat us in the seven-game series, and I'm low-key scared of a healthy Warriors. But outside of that, um, I think we are the clear and defiant winners of this trade deadline. I'm going to be honest with you, bro. The fact that you chose the Lakers as the winners of the trade deadline is crazy to me. I'm going to be real with you. I had the Los Angeles Lakers as the number three team on my list for all those reasons that you so eloquently stated. You guys got younger. You guys First off, you guys got rid of the Russell Westbrook problem. Like you said, no disrespect to Russell Westbrook, first ballot Hall of Famer, MVP, you know, top 75 player all time that we've ever seen. He's probably the most athletic point guard in his prime that has ever graced the basketball court. I definitely would give him all of those, you know, those tips of the cap. But at the end of the day, he, like you said, was a terrible fit next to LeBron, a terrible fit next to Anthony Davis. Getting rid of him, getting a Malik Monk. Uh, excuse me. I wish you guys would have got Malik Monk. Getting a Malik Beasley. Oh, you guys should have resigned Malik Monk. That's what <laughs> yeah. y'all should have did. But getting a Malik Beasley, getting a uh, Mo Bamba. Like I said, Davon Reed. We don't know what he'll bring, but hopefully he'll play during the playoffs. He's a good wing. Can shoot threes. Can defend. Getting a D'Lo in replace for Russell Westbrook. Tremendous fit. He fits perfectly next to Anthony Davis and LeBron James. He can play on the ball, but he's also a great player off the ball. About 37, 38% from three. That's nice. The steal of y'all trade deadline 
was a guy that I was saying on our trade deadline episode that my Boston Celtics were taking making calls for and should have gotten. If it would have taken a first round pick and a rebound a rebuilding team would have taken like a, a buyout guy, we could have easily made that deal. You got I gave up Russ in the first essentially and got Vanderbilt back. But Jared Vanderbilt, man, like you said, Swiss Army knife, defender, hustle guy, whatever he gives you offensively is a plus. If he's hitting that three, it's a it's a double plus, A plus plus. But he's about a for you guys, he's about eight points, nine boards a game so far. He's a steal, a block. Like he's so valuable next to Anthony Davis and in replacing Anthony Davis. So I have you guys on my three. The main thing for y'all though is what's Go James gonna do? Is he gonna come back healthy? I know we talked off air. You guys thought he was going to miss two games. I said he's probably going to miss two weeks. I ended up being correct. He's going to miss three weeks. I'm praying to God he comes back healthy because when y'all get healthy playing with them guys, it's going to be a scary sight. I'm I'm concerned about y'all in the playoffs if I'm a Western Conference team. So I have y'all as a three. Okay. Number two, I have the Mavericks, and it might surprise some people. Yeah, it might surprise some people. Even though with Kyrie, I believe they're two and five, three and five. I know they've lost more games than they've won, but that trade wasn't for the regular season. That trade, the the Mavericks are going to make the playoffs. The Mavericks are going to be a top six seed. They're going to make the playoffs. That was a trade for the playoffs. When when you have a player like Luka Doncic single handedly lead you to the conference finals you have to get him a second co-star and that's what they did with them being the five seed now they have them and golden state are essentially have the same record so they're basically tied for the five and six the seven seeds the timberwolves no one's concerned about the timberwolves i'll be honest with you they i would be surprised if they make the playoffs i won't be surprised if they don't make the playoffs this year with cat being injured with even though Ant-Man's playing out of his mind, they're not, they haven't been healthy all season. So with the Mavericks getting Kyrie Irving, a guy that is a playoff performer, plus Luka Doncic in his young career, who's already shown that he's a elite supreme playoff performer, then they're going to be a scary out. If they get that six seed and they get matched up with the Kings in the first round, the Kings are going home. Okay, like, yeah. I'm sorry. And then once you get to the second round, oh no, that's going to be tough. The the Grizzlies without Ja, the Kings, like if they get matched up with one of those two teams in the first round, they can send them home. Like they really can. So, like I said, I feel like that was a trade for the playoffs, and I have the Mavericks as my number two winner, even though they haven't been winning games. I don't think it's to the fault of Kyrie and Luka as much as people want to say because. Kyrie's been averaging almost 30 since he's came to, to Dallas. And then Luka has been averaging dang near 30 all season. If I'm not mistaken, he's still leading the league in scoring. So No, he's behind MB, but it's like by point like two or some shit that don't matter. Okay, so so they're basically 1A, yeah. 1B. They've And it's been like that all season. They've been flip-flopping all season. So, But even then, it's like when, when they get to the playoffs, the Mavericks will be a tough out. And – Number one, I can't believe you didn't put them number one. You had them two, but it's the Phoenix Suns. 
I mean, when you think about what they gave up, they gave up Michael Bridges, who's a nice player, but, I mean, they didn't win with him. They gave up Cam Johnson, a guy who's on the bench, who's okay, but he's never been thought of as a world beater. And then they gave up Jay Crowder, a guy that did not want to play for them at all. And then they gave up first-round picks. Those first-round picks aren't going to have any value with Kevin Durant on the team for the next four seasons. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, DeAndre, and are under contract for the next four seasons. That's your big three going forward. That is enough to be a top four seed in the Western Conference for the next three to four seasons at least. And they only gave up picks for the next three to four years. I mean, Brooklyn had no choice but to trade Kevin Durant. So with them trading Kevin Durant and, and the Phoenix Suns winning that sweepstakes, it set them up to be a championship contender for the next half decade, probably. I mean, if I mean, and, and who's not going to want to come to sunny Phoenix? It's a warm weather state. I mean, it's expensive, but who's not going to want to come and play with Devin Booker, Kevin Durant? They can always trade DeAndre Ayton to get something else. If if Chris Paul ends up retiring or falling off a cliff, which I believe he has a chance to if they win this championship. They can always flip DeAndre Ayton for some other stuff. People were interested in him. So it's it's easily the Phoenix Suns who won the trade deadline. Easily. Now, I do have one qualm with you about the, the Mavericks. And the reason I don't have the Mavericks high, they're probably my, my honorable mention because of the sound of Kyrie. But um, teams like the Kings, they're a wing away from – completely changing that argument. I think they're a wing away from at least beating the Mavericks. I know Kyrie and Luka are generational talents, but the teams are a complete team, bro. They they got shooting, they got defenders, and then they got this center who looks like Baby Jokic, who's 7-2, that can get you 20, 15, and 12. That's unheard of. And it's except before Jokic, of course. Now I think I think I, I think the um, Mavericks could Get a play in. I mean, not a play in. I think they can get a playoff win. Um, you know, just because of how great they are. My only thing is, after them two, Christian Woods okay, but they really don't have a defender in sight. And I wouldn't even really call Christian Wood a defender. And as you move up in the playoffs, you have to be able to get two to three stops in a row to be able to win games. And I just don't. I I kind of see them as the Rockets when it was. Not to the offensive talent that, you know, Chris Paul and James Harden will be. I mean, those are top 75 players in their own right as well. I don't know if it would be an efficient offense like that, but I do think it – I don't think it's going to amount to as much winning as you're giving them credit for until they addressed a defender. And they did trade away uh, Dorian Finney, who was their best defender. So when you trade away your best defender for a guy that really can't check anybody – Kyrie can drop 30, but he can also give it up too. So until they address that, then I'll say, okay. If they had addressed two birds and one stone and got back a center, I'm like, all right, clearly they won. But I don't I just don't know if that's the playoff move. I think it was that it was trying to play keep away. Because Kyrie's really a rental. And we heard about Dallas up until the trade deadline, but it wasn't in the totality of uh LA. Now if LA had traded for Kyrie, I feel like it would have made it bigger splash and we would have almost known that he would have resigned immediately. Um with the Suns, 
I don't know, bro. We talked about this off camera. I'm not a Devin Booker believer. I just, I'm, I don't know. I think, I, I just, I just don't see it, man. The way he carries himself on the court, even the last game they were playing Luka Doncic, and the, it was really close, man. It was like I think they were one twenty six to one twenty nine. Luka obviously missed, uh, missed that go ahead layup and fouled Kevin Durant. Um, and then Devin Booker started chirping. He just doesn't have winner intangibles to me because nobody's going to talk with junk in the last four or five seconds of a game. Um, if you're not talking the whole game, if you're afraid of Luka, that's what it seems like. I don't want to say any man's afraid of another man, but Luka has been giving it to him since Luka came into the league, bro. And nobody was really talking about Devin Booker until Chris Paul got there. So – until I see Devin Booker really step up and put his stamp on the game, because Kevin Durant, as great as he is, this league is way too talented for you to win it by yourself. You're going to need somebody else to help you. So I just don't know. I just don't believe in Devin. I don't believe in D-Book. I really feel like he could cost you a game before he's going to win you one. Um, see, the, the reason – okay, so I'll address the Mavericks point first. So – you compare them to the Houston Rockets with Chris Paul and with James Harden with no big, right? That right. team was one game away from the NBA Finals. I would like to make that known. I got to argue for if, that. We need if, hold up. If, if they don't miss a NBA record, what was it 27, 28 threes? Yeah, 27, yeah. They could have they beat that, that uh, Golden State team with Kevin Durant, like the greatest – NBA team ever constructed. They could have beat them. So with, and I'll be honest with you, I believe Kyrie's had more playoff success than Chris Paul. So, and I would say Luka and Harden, and I would say Luka and Harden are probably same tier playoff success. Luka's definitely had much more success early on in his career than James did when he was the main guy in Houston, but that's neither here nor there. But I would say if we're comparing it to that Houston team, I would say the only thing the Mavs are missing is a Trevor Ariza or a PJ Tucker type guy. Mm -hmm. But but I don't really think they need that because I always look at the playoffs as, okay, Let's look at the best five players in the series. And that's how I always looked at a, a playoff series. If they play the Sacramento Kings, you can argue that they have the two best players in that series and the player number five is a toss-up either way, whether it be Christian Wood or what, Harrison Barnes or Christian Wood and, I mean, give me a name, Keegan Murray or – Malik yeah, Burrow, yeah. like they can beat them, or the Grizzlies without John Morant. You can argue that that uh, a Christian Wood is better than a Desmond Bain or a Tyus Jones or a Stephen Adams or a Dylan Brooks. Like, so that's why I said those two teams would be their preferred matchup. If they get a team like Denver, oh, they're probably going home in the first round. If Dallas gets matched up with like a Denver, if Dallas gets matched up with the uh, you guys, if they got matched up with, and see, I don't, I can't even say the Clippers. The only three teams that I feel like could beat them is Denver, 
And well, two teams is different than you guys because the, they have the Clippers number. Like Luca has the Clippers. Luca beat the Clippers by himself. By himself, yep, he did. So with a Kyrie Irving, it's, it's wait, hard. no, he didn't. Not we talking about the bubble. Well, it was it was him and Jalen Brunson. It was him and Jalen Brunson. So oh, yeah, yeah. So, but I, I said by himself because he was averaging thirty five plus. Jalen Brunson was about about nineteen twenty a game. I'll give Jalen Brunson that respect. Shout out Jalen Brunson. You should have been an All Star this year, like Alex mentioned. But you're trading Jalen Brunson. For Kyrie Irving, and it's not like Dorian Finney-Smith held Kawhi and PG to forty percent shooting, thirty percent from three. They were still getting theirs. They, they were just getting outscored. I mean, I know that's not a great game plan to have to outscore teams. I get that, but no one really plays defense in the league anymore. I mean, like you just said, the the best defensive wing duo in Kawhi PG was supposed to be gave him 178 points. So, like, I don't really consider defense when I'm picking playoff matchups. I consider who's the best player, you know, because in seven games, the team with the best player or two are essentially going to win. So, going into a series, Denver's going to have – I mean – not Denver. Dallas is going to have two of the three best players in that series, unless they play you guys, unless they play Denver. And even Denver, besides Jokic, are you taking a Jamal Murray or Kyrie? Are you taking a Michael Porter Jr. or Kyrie? Are you taking an Aaron Gordon or Kyrie? It's like, so that's why I believe in Dallas in the playoffs. I feel like Luka is going to do what Luka does. Now, the other point you made about the Suns, I think Devin Booker in the playoffs is a guy. I mean, he's he played well in the finals. Besides him hurting his hamstring and coming back not a full, not fully healthy, he played well. And I know you said besides Chris Paul, he's never really been a name. And that's very true because besides Chris Paul, before Chris Paul got there, his the thing that he was known for was putting up 70 in a losing effort against my Boston Celtics. I agree wholeheartedly. But now that he has Kevin Durant, even if they lose Chris Paul, Kevin Durant's won with less than that. Kevin Durant won with the out-of-state James Harden. He won with a Kyrie Irving that was here some days and gone tomorrow. Shout out, Drake. Uh, <laughs> he won yeah. with a Ben Simmons that – had a bad back and refused to shoot. So why would I why it's hard for me to think that Kevin Durant can't win with a Devin Booker who's 24, 23 points a game for his career and a DeAndre Ayton who's a double double machine even if they lose Chris. So first off for the for Dallas you're right and then I just have a little qualm with it. Um, the Warriors, for example, I think the Warriors are another team that could beat Dallas. Um, everybody present. Because Steph, that's Steph, tough for me. That's tough for me. That's tough for me. And this is why I say that's tough for me. Because what Jordan Poole am I getting? Because, and I say that for this fact, because Jordan Poole has the potential to be the third best player in the series, 
And he also has the potential to be the seventh best player in the series. If and I say it doesn't matter because you got Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson looks like Clay Thompson now. Clay Thompson looks like Clay Thompson. He's not the defender, but you gotta check that tray ball. And in the seven game series, are you taking are you taking a Clay Thompson or are you taking a Kyrie Irving? Because I'll be honest with you, as great as Steph is, I feel like him and Luca are like this now. I feel like it's a wash. I personally feel like it's a wash. And and you're talking to the guy that has been saying since 2017 that, that Steph Curry is the greatest point guard we've ever seen. But at this point in time, I feel like their impact is a wash. I truly do. I, I Look, they're, 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 I, they're on the same about, tier. When you're talking about in terms of production, I can't fault you on that because Luka just dropped 60, 20, and 10. I can't fault you on that. But what I can fault you on is impact and momentum. We you 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 play. You know when the crowd gets sent to it, it does something to the other team. And that's it's not the Oracle anymore, but it's the Chase Center and Golden State. They have a dynasty. They got guys that can get in the skin. They got guys that can get up in it. They got guys that can check and get two to three stops. And while you and if you don't score the ball, you're even on more pressure. It's like double defense. Because now you're on offense, but you're pressured to score because you know that little light skinned dude with the green eyes can shoot the lights out. Right. So, and we've seen like last year in the finals with your Boston Celtics, y'all had the better team. So, just because you have the better, like, so Steph is better than everybody on the floor. But then you could, you could also say that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you could even throw in Marcus Smart as I'll a what his impact was. I'll they, be real, bro. This is why I asked about Jordan Poole because you bring up the finals kind of just like, I'm not going to say helped my point, but that's the point I was trying to make. Jordan Poole in the finals was looking Jalen Brown eye-to-eye production-wise. On offense. On but offense, on offense. It, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, on offense, on offense. They were, they were like this. But you also have to be able to stop somebody. Do you, the Boston Celtics, y'all did a good job of stopping everybody else. It's just Steph dropped 43. That's what happened. It wasn't because of Jordan Poole. Even with them looking eye-to-eye on offense, it was y'all's ability to get up in it. Y'all had Marcus Smart, J- Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, uh, Robert Williams. Those are really four deep, all-defense guys that are on the court almost all the time. At least one of them is on the court. So it's always anchoring your defense. I understand about the offense point. You have to be able to score to shoot uh, to win the game. But in the same breath, they don't say defense wins championships for no reason. Every team that's won the finals has been a top defensive team as long as – along with being a top offensive team. The Warriors were a top ten defense. Um, going back to the Bucks, they were a top ten uh, defense and offense. Um, and then you go to the – to the warrior years. The the Raptors were a top ten defense when they went with Kawhi. So you have to be able to play both sides of the ball and string together stops. So that way when you string together stops, it raises the momentum for your team and it lowers it for the other team. So that way they have more pressure to score and they may give it the guys that you know ain't ready for at the time. Jordan Poole might have saw some baddies in the in the stands last year because he was hooping good. And he, he ain't been the same guy. Like you said. But Clay Thompson, being the veteran that he is, being the top two shooter of all time that he is, top two all time, Clay Thompson, in my opinion. Um, 
And Steph Curry, I, that we they just shown us since 2015 that that's a way that can win all the time if you can shoot the lights out and string together a couple stops. Um, and with that small ball lineup that they got going on, I do trust Christian Wood. I no, excuse me, I do trust Draymond Green on the defensive assignment of Christian Wood. I trust that. So mm-hmm. it's going. I feel like that would make it a toss up. Now then, I think that would go seven guaranteed because Luca is guaranteed to drop at least fifty in at least one of them games, and so is Steph. Um, now going, we've back seen to Game Seven, Luca though, bro. We've but seen, we've seen Game Steph. Seven, Luca. I I'll be real with you. I love Steph Curry. The Game Seven that sticks in my mind is against them Cleveland Cavaliers when Kevin Love got switched out on him, and he could not give Kevin Love a bucket in Game Seven of that NBA Finals. But that why couldn't he? In my mind. You just probe you just proved my point because what happened right before that, the block. Now it's putting more pressure on your team in an already pressurized moment. That's not fair, bro. Because LeBron James, he's like the best player ever. Luca ain't that, bro. That, he's not LeBron, Luca, bro. Look, Luca, Luca is on. Luca is is, is doing he's this. He's on the trajectory. And he's, he's starting up here. He's I mean. But LeBron, hey, LeBron started up here. And he went up, but it's still what Luca's fifth year in the league. I mean, by LeBron's fifth year in the league, I think he was in the finals already. Luca was in the conference finals last season. Let's see what he does with the Kyrie Irving. Hey, that's true. That's true. I'm not going. I, I ain't, I'm not here for no Luca slander. I'm not going. Yeah. Like I said, bro, the, ten player today. But the but, West is just so wide open, bro. Like I honestly can see a world where yeah. this man Luca. Averages 35, 10, and 8 through the playoffs and gets them to the finals. I can see that happening with Kyrie averaging a 32-piece. At that point, you're getting 70 points from two guys. You really just need 50, 40, 50 points from everybody else, and I feel like they can get stops. I mean, bro, I'm going to say some names. I know you're going to be like, oh, really, bro? But they have guys – I mean, JaVel McGee is still a solid shot blocker, bro. He can play in stretches. Like you said, Christian Wood. I don't like Dwight Powell. I wish they could have tried to, like, you know, improve that position. But Reggie Bullock is still a okay defender. Uh, yeah, I, I know. He's, he's not the greatest. And then Jalen Green, I mean, Josh Green, excuse me, I'm thinking of the Houston Rockets. Josh Green was drafted out of Arizona because of him being a 6'7", 210-pound wing 3 and D guy. So they have, he's just a young guy. He He's just young. That's all it is. He hasn't really shown the ability to hit threes consistently, but he's shown he can be an athlete. He's shown he can defend a little bit. Reggie Bullock, I wouldn't love putting him on a, on a Clay Thompson, I wouldn't love it, but it's it's possible, bro. It's possible if 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 I can get seventy points from Luke and Kyrie, everything else is gonna figure itself out, in my opinion. Now I do have a question for you because that I can't I can't fault you on production. I'm a production guy, but I do have a question. And either you're either you might like say yes or no, or your body language is gonna tell me all I need to know. Right. Game seven, Mavericks, Golden State. I'm not going to tell you how much Steph has, but I'm going to tell you that he has made eight three balls. Mm-hmm. 
eight of 14, something Steph does. Clay Thompson hits six of 10 three balls. Draymond Green has 10, eight, and eight. That's something he can do. We wouldn't be surprised by any of that. That's a tough ask, bro. That's a tough ask. So if, That's a tough ask to beat that. So if Steph has hit eight threes, that's already 24. I would say Steph has about 30, 36, 37. Clay's hit okay. six threes. That's 18. I would say Clay would have about 20. I'll, keep it, I'll say 24. So I'll say 24 okay. to keep it straight. So that means they've combined it for uh, a 60 piece. They've combined it for 60. Draymond has 10, that's 70. Okay. Luca and Kyrie can equal those three by themselves. Right. Glad you said that. But now you have the other guys. You got Kaminga, who's improved. You've got don't make that face, bro. He's improved. Bro. Okay. <laughs> Jordan, Golden, look, hey. Golden State's playoff success hinges on which Jordan Poole am I getting? Am I getting Jordan Poole from last season's playoff run? When Steph had to miss time and he came in and he was averaging about 22, 23 a game. And he's the reason, the reason he got that max contract. Or am I getting Jordan Poole who just, I believe last night had 11 points. Like which Jordan Poole am I getting? Because like you said, I'm going to give you your flowers because you brought up a valid point. I know what I'm getting with Steph and Clay. I know what I'm getting with those guys. I know what I'm getting with Draymond. Draymond's going to give me six to eight. Out of each every category, six to eight points, six to eight rebounds, six to eight assists. That's what I'm going to get. If if he gives me ten plus, wow, Draymond Green had an amazing game. So I get that. That's I know what I'm getting from the big three. What am I getting from Jordan Poole? What am I getting from from GP two? What am I getting from DiVincenzo? Like I've seen Reggie Bullock hit threes off of Lucas Pass in the playoffs against the Clippers. Like I've seen him do that. I've seen. I've seen these guys produce. Now, I wish they would have kept Dorian Finney. I really wish they would have kept Dorian Finney, though. I'll say that. I've seen Tim Hardaway go crazy off of Luka in the playoffs because of Luka's. Luka has that that Steph Curry about him. He's going to get three, four eyes every play watching him. So, I mean, of course, Tim Hardaway just hit open jumper. I'm fine that you just hit open jump shot. Do that. That's what you're paid to do. Cool. Not saying he's a world beater, but I've seen him do it. Well, it'll be a it'll be a it'll be an interesting series. It's just certain guys I've grown accustomed from. I've never bet against LeBron, but you don't yeah. bet against LeBron. I don't think right. you bet against Steph. Mm-hmm. I don't think you 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 low key can bet against Kevin, but I wouldn't bet against Giannis. Guys like that, and even Kevin is tough. I don't even know if I bet against Kevin Durant. I, I ain't gonna lie. Those four guys right there, mm-hmm. those are the guys in the league that you just don't bet against. And Luca's going up. He's going up. Don't get it twisted. Because what he did to to the uh, to the Clippers, uh, what he's been doing to these teams, what he did to the Suns in seven games where he had just as many points as they did at halftime. Bro, that that's is, what I'm saying. Like. That's what he's done. And they were the one seed, bro. They were the one seed. Like, in Phoenix, he did that. So, it's It's tough, bro. It's tough. It's just, but he lost to Steph, though. He he lost to Steph. He lost to Steph, but he didn't have Steph's kryptonite. Kyrie's been Steph's kryptonite, bro. 
Well, I mean, I wouldn't say all that. It's really been LeBron who's been Steph's kryptonite, <laughs> but the point guard that Steph has had the most issues with it hasn't been a Russ. It hasn't been a Dame. It's been a it's been a Kyrie Irving. It's going look that series would go seven, but if everybody is healthy, bro. And your knowledge of the game, I'm not questioning your knowledge of the game whatsoever. You make great and valid points, but I personally am just too afraid to bet against Stephen Curry because every time I've ever bet against Stephen Curry, he's always come out on top except for 2016, but that's because I had LeBron James on my side. So that's that's the only that's the only thing about that. Steph Curry had playoff success even before they won the championship. They shocked the world in 2014 beating the Nuggets, and he was a big reason of them beating the Nuggets. Um, He's been, to your credit, the best point guard ever since 2016. It's a hard argument as of his shooting prowess and just how many eyes are on Steph. And when you have the second-best shooter at your side at all times, the athleticism may wane. Um, the energy to run up and down the court, but that jump shot ain't never going to wane. That form that they practice thousands of hours on, mm-hmm. I just can't. I, 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 unless the other player on the court is LeBron James and even Kevin Durant, and they beat Kevin Durant when he was at the height of his power, when Russell Westbrook was at the height of his power, when Serge Ibaka was at the height of his power, they mm-hmm. beat them. And nobody would say that Kevin Durant back then is lesser of a player than Luka is right now. Even with all the production, it just comes down to the shot making. Yeah. And we know that Luka is not the most reliable free throw shooter. He's not the most reliable three-point shooter. He can drive. He's a driver. He's a mid-range guy. But if that three ball is going in, then all bets are off. But you can say the same thing about Steph. If Steph is hitting 35-foot jumpers regularly in the game, like we've seen him over these illustrious years of his career, there's really not an answer for that. Even if you have LeBron, that's, that's LeBron tough. will have to put up 35 and 10 to like keep it going. To, to, to but I got a question that. for you though, bro. Yes, I got a question for you. Um, you talked about the the winners of the trade. Who do you think got the short end of the stick? My major loser of the trade deadline. And why? Uh, hmm, main loser of the trade deadline, I would say it was a team we mentioned earlier, bro. I would say Portland. Portland gave away Gary Payton the second for five second round picks, and they ended up getting Cam Reddish. But I mean, Cam Reddish seems like that's a a potential move. That doesn't seem like a win now move when you have a guy like Dame that's playing the best basketball of his career and we talked about this off air as well bro like if you look at what Kevin Durant was traded for it was mostly draft picks I mean Michael Bridges is a really good player but I would say Anthony Simons has just as much potential as as Michael Bridges I would say a guy like they, they had Cam Johnson I would say a guy like Josh Hart has just as much potential as a Cam Johnson. And then Jay Crowder didn't play. That's a wash player. You can throw anybody in for, with for that. So with 
Portland deciding against getting or at least making a call for Kevin Durant. Maybe they made a call and maybe their offer just wasn't that great, but I would have definitely called and offered them a Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, and Josh Hart and all my draft picks. Why not try to bring him to play with why not try to bring him in to play with Dame, play with Yusuf Nurkic, play with Jeremy Grant? I mean, I know that team isn't the greatest thing in the world, but when you add Kevin Durant and Dame, that gives you a chance in the Western Conference. I mean, in the West, it's wide open anyways. You going into a series with those two guys, like we were talking about earlier, you have two of the three best players in the series. I don't think it's many teams that I would say, except you guys, because of LeBron and AD, that has two a better duo. And even then, with you guys, I would have said it's a wash because Dame is a, he scored seventy. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like you just said, Kevin Durant scored thirty-seven points on seventeen shots. So you're putting those two nuclear weapons together. Who, who's to say they don't drop 40 or 50 on the same game? They combine for 80 points. You're getting washed. Bro, they combine for anything. That might be a wash, bro. I ain't even going to lie. That 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 would have been something that I would have loved to see. That makes them the, the losers because they got back Cam Reddish, Matisse Tyler, who hasn't, who hasn't found a jump shot yet. Ryan R. Sedonico, Kevin Knox. And future first round picks in five seconds. Like and bro, all they gave away was Josh Hart, Gary, and then that McCollick guy that used to be on the Lakers that we gave up. Wait, like, wait, wait. They yeah. they made they made moves that gives up the impression that you were trying to rebuild. Because if you look at the their roster age, besides Dane being a 10-year uh vet. Jeremy Grant being an eight-year vet and Yusuf Nurkic being an eight-year vet. Everybody else, oh, and excuse me, Justice Winslow, a guy that hasn't played all season, being a seven-year vet. Everybody's four years or younger in the league. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this when you have a Damian Lillard playing at the best basketball of his career? Do you think, and I'm, and I'm not trying to cast any swords at Dame, he seems like a great person. But uh, do you think it's a little selfishness going on? Because he's always said that he wants to be the reason that Portland wins a championship. And Portland has the the assets, even in the offseason, to make a trade. Like, they could make a trade for Kevin Durant yesterday mm-hmm. with all the assets they got. The shade on Sharp, he's projected to be even better than Anthony Simons because he's bigger, athletic, he's got a jumper. That's a slept-on guy. You could right. package Anthony Simons and Shadon, and probably lure somebody big away from it. I would say Jalen Brown probably last year, but that's not happening. But uh, you could definitely get a young guy that's definitely like in the moving direction. Because I and I and I say that to say I don't know if Dame Lillard would really approve of Kevin Durant coming there, even from a trade, because it would be guaranteed. Kevin Durant's team and Dame has been there the whole decade. I think he got drafted in what two that one year? Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Yeah. He's been the he's been the guy for over a decade. So 
are you really going to give up that popularity to play with Kevin? Some guys will. Some guys won't, though, bro. If you if you've been if something's been yours for a decade, that's like you being with this girl for a decade. Y'all ain't married or nothing, but y'all been together on and off. Y'all real tight, and then all of a sudden, she just get a new guy, and everybody knows that that used to be your girl, but she's with him now. That's the same thing. Any any self respecting brother would feel some type of way about that. Yeah, I I agree with that premise like the 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 situation that you described I completely agree with my only thing about it is though you don't think it would have been a situation similar to Kevin Durant joining Golden State because of okay Steph is the guy that grew up here Damon's the guy that grew up here Steph is the guy that hits the 35 40 foot threes Damon's the guy that hits the 35 40 foot threes Steph has been a Eight-time All-Stars, seven-time, eight-time All-NBA with us. Dame's an eight-time All-Star, well, seven-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA with us. So you don't think it would have been a similar situation to that, maybe? Like Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant's a low-ego guy. He doesn't really seem like he needs to have the spotlight because he's kind of secure in who he is. Like he said, when, when Charles and Shaq were talking about he needs to be the bus driver or this or that, and he made the joke yeah. about winning with Scoot. It's like, I know who I am. I'm one of the 75, one of the 20, one of the 15, probably one of the 10 greatest players that have ever graced this NBA basketball court. He's definitely top 15, but when you get to the top 10, now you're starting to pull a lot of hairs, bro, and his career's not over yet. And, that, and that's my point. He's had a illustrious career already where if he retired tomorrow, he'd be first ballot, but he's still going. Who's to say he doesn't get another championship in the next four years? So, but uh, that's kind of me going off on a tangent. But to answer your question, I don't think it would have. Maybe that's what it is with Dame, but I don't think it would have affected his star status in Portland. I think Katie would have still let him kind of, it would have been 1A, 1B. But I got a I got a different idea for you. If that's what we're concerned about with Dame, why not a guy like Bradley Beal? I feel like that's the same. That would be the same situation as of having CJ McCollum. Because that whole we're the same size, but we play the point and the shooting guard. I don't think that works in this league because everybody's bigger than them. And when, like I said, when it comes to getting stops. Bradley Bill ain't getting you no important stop. He he he'll drop thirty five on you. Him and Dame, I could realistically see them both averaging thirty in a series. That can happen, but I can also see them giving up sixty combined to the other duo that they're facing. I personally just I know I'm not look. I'm not saying that's how Dame is. He doesn't seem that type of way at all. But mm-hmm. some people have egos. Uh, we all have that's egos. True. Actually. That's true. Everybody so, does. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That could be. That could be the situation. But I, I mean, it's just the Trailblazers, bro. I think they should just trade Dame, bro. I know Dame likes being there, but I think it'd just be better for basketball if they just trade him for five first-round picks or whatever the case may be, and trade him to a team that can compete or get a star, guaranteed get a star. And uh, what's it called? Like I'm gonna be real with you. If I'm if I'm the the Trailblazers, since we're talking about trades, if I'm the Trailblazers this offseason, 
I wait to see whatever team trade uh signs for Kyrie. And if and if Dallas if Dallas signs Kyrie, I want to do a signing trade. The the the, mat, the salary's gonna match up. You throw in a pick in there, and I'd be like, "Look, Dane, we appreciate your service, but we're not gonna get any further than the 12 seed with just you. Sorry." And I trade him. And he Kyrie, yeah. But how far would you go with Kyrie as your one? I think I think Dame might be a tick above him at this point. I think Dame is. I think he uh, Kyrie got drafted at eleven. Dame's twelve, so it might be. But the only thing I, I think t- Kyrie's younger because you know Kyrie did one and done, and Dame played I believe three years at Weber State, four years at Weber State. So I believe Kyrie is younger, even though Dame was drafted the year after. But Dame did a lot more college than Kyrie did. Okay, well if he's just a few years younger, it's uh, only a few years. Yeah, it's roughly like yeah, that maybe might- two, three. Would you trade Dane to my? Okay, hear me out. Trade Dane to Miami for Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and the picks that you know they got three first round picks, and you got Dane. Who says no to that? Man, if I'm Portland, I say no to that, bro. And this is why. I don't love building around a young core of Shaden Sharp. Cam Reddish, Tyler Hero, and Anthony Simons. If I trade Dame, I would want a young wing player. Like, honestly, if I was trading Dame, and this might be crazy because I think this team would probably say no, but I would want a guy like Anthony Edwards, bro. I would need a wing player, like, a or a bigger guard like he's like 6'3 6'4 like 220 I would want a guy like that who says no in that instance Anthony Edwards <laughs> you can ride you can ride the trailblazers blind you might even get more than Anthony Edwards if you get that because the, the Timberwolves are just they need a star they just want somebody that a few seats I don't think they're really focused on winning a championship so you could probably do that but what I was saying is not to build around those guys what I would do is I would trade Tyler Hero. He would clearly be the best player on that team. That's and I feel like you can, 15 win team, boy. It would, but you can clearly if, if a team is looking for a third guy that looks like he's developed into a third guy, if you get Tyler Hero averaging similar to Shea, I know he's not he's not gonna average 30 like Shea, but there's still a losing seed. I could see Tyler Hero averaging 25, well, not maybe 23, 24 by himself. And then you get a team that's trying to, you know, fill a third spot because they see where the league is going. It's going towards bigs that can pass out of the post and, and hit shooters. Then, I mean, if you're if you're a team that has a wing, uh, maybe off the top of my head, bro, I can't even. Let's see what Keegan Murray does. If Keegan Murray – turns into an 18-9 and nine guy. I may look into that. I may look into that and try to build around that. And that's – and because the Trailblazers aren't a turnaround in a season team. They're more of a – we need a three-, four-year playing, yeah. So that's what I see like they were doing. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're a clear – a clear number one loser in this trade yeah. deadline. Yeah, well, I mean, speaking of Dame, that kind of goes perfectly into our next point because – 
like I mentioned, Dame did have that 70 piece earlier this season. Uh, the best performance that you've seen this season, who is the, the top performer so far? I'm going to give the 1A and 1B to Dame. I'm going to make Dame a 1A. I give his 71 piece a little bit higher, more regard than uh, Donovan Mitchell. And I'm going to be real cutting hairs. Everybody deal with it real quick. But Donovan Mitchell dropped 71 and 10 and 8 on four turnovers, though. He did have four turnovers. Damian Lillard was 71, 6 and 6 with two turnovers. It's just a lot less mistakes being made. And Damian Lillard's his game was just more entertaining. Like he was doing the same thing he did to Paul George, dribbling up in that side hash on the right hash and cashing that jump. That's extremely hard to do to shoot a regular form jumper from that far away without leaning your body forward, without trying to lean back and shoot it up high. It's the same, same it was it was a beautiful game. And then you get the Donovan Mitchell like I didn't see 71 coming from him before that. Like, 71 and 10 is crazy. But I that's my third-ranked uh, performance. That's 61, 60 and 21 from Luka. I think that was the game where he was at the free-throw line. He missed it. He caught it. And he shot it back, a real little rush shot. And then he started doing a little dance he was doing. Like, that jungle, oh, yeah. that whole game was crazy like that. That game was insane, and I don't know if I'll see something like that unless it's coming from him again. <laughs> yeah, bro, that was wild. Yeah, against the Knicks. Yeah, I uh, I, I can't argue. Those were the three probably best performances we've seen this year. But I want to give an honorable mention to Nikola Jokic. He's had two forty-point triple doubles this season. And well, and honestly, three, excuse me, he's had three. One of them was, I gotta look at my notes here. One was, I just had it. One was 43. Oh, he, he missed a triple double. He had 43, 14, and eight. But this is the game I really wanted to talk about. He had 40, 27 boards, and 10 assists. And it was against, it was against, it was against Charlotte, but uh, they beat him. And he had a 41, 15, and 15 game. I wanted to kind of. Yeah, yeah, bro. But that that 40, 27, and 10, they 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 beat the Charlotte Hornets bad, man. So he yeah, I definitely want to tip my hat to him. He's had some pretty, pretty spectacular showings this season. I'm just waiting on him to have a 20-20-20 game, similar to what Russ did, and it'd be efficient because he, I mean, he's been putting up 40 on 26 shots. Like, that that's insane, bro. It's, it just – it doesn't make sense. So I, I want to give another shout-out to somebody that played yesterday, 30 and 20. I know it's not 30. I mean, Anthony Davis has to have a 55 and 17 game right. uh, against the Washington with the, against the Wizards, but we needed that win. Uh, but that – you know – Anthony Davis, my Laker, my Laker legend in the making. A thirty and twenty-two is props to you, my brother. And the one that should have been a Laker, Jason Tatum, he had fifty-five and like ten against. Uh, God, I forgot who they played, bro. Uh, I think that was an All-Star game. Yeah. Yep, it was the All-Star game. But just of 
I'm just a big fan of shot making. I'm just a fan of shot making, bro. Yeah. It's like just shot shot makers is like just have a place in my heart. I know it's the all-star, nobody was playing defense. And most of my arguments today have been about defense. Yeah. But just a shot making ability. He has the record now, I, I believe, for uh, all time scoring in the all star game, Bro, which geez. is going to be tough to beat. Yeah. So, like, as a shot maker, I just got to give it to Tatum. He should have been a Laker, bro. Should have been a Laker. Want to shout out my boy. He did have 41 and 11 against uh, them Cleveland Cavaliers. The same game, D Mitch had 44. That was a, a shootout, man. Very much of a shootout. Uh, second to last topic we have for y'all today our NBA award updates. So, uh, I wasn't thinking Jokic was going to get this third MVP. I want to go and let you know that I was wrong. Jokic is most likely going to get his third straight MVP. So, it sucks. Yeah, um, I was completely wrong. Everybody, um, I said John Morant was going to be the MVP. I was so wrong. He's like probably number six on the standings. But uh, I was completely wrong. I didn't see Jokic doing what he's doing with looking like minimum effort. Like I see this man, he's not running down the court. He waddles every time he's going back down the court. And when he gets into the post, there's nothing you can do. I've never seen anything like it. I could say it's Shaq-like, but Shaq wasn't making passes out of it. He was looking at one thing, which is the rim. But this this dude, Jokic, like, he has a he has a more than reliable tray ball. He has a more than reliable post-up game. He has the most unorthodox post-up game I've ever seen outside of Dirk with that one-legged fadeaway. And the shot just looks so high that you can't reach it. It's like Jokic... He takes a fadeaway off the wrong foot. And when you would think the guy is supposed to fall down, he just lumbers back down the court. He doesn't get you many stops, but he puts the most pressure on, on any offense because you know that with the bums he's playing with, no disrespect to those guys, they're making millions and I'm not. But uh, <laughs> they're not supposed to be the first seed and we're just keeping it a stat. Um, so... He's going to win the third straight MVP. Since it's a regular season award, he's going to win it. And if he keeps doing stuff like this, I don't know why he wouldn't win a fourth straight MVP unless MB just goes off next season and averages 33 and 15, which is what it would take for them and to get a top two seed. Outside of that, I don't know. I don't know, man. Jokic is a problem. He's a problem. So, Congrats to him, third straight MVP, bro. Yeah, I uh, I had um, I believe I had Jason Tatum at our update taking the MVP because we were the one seed and we had such a big lead on everybody. And uh, with the way we've been playing as of late, I I find it hard for Tatum to win it as well. Uh, I just. It's hard, man. Jokic is the one seed. I feel like it's really between him, Giannis, and Embiid. And honestly, I think Giannis should be number two because Giannis is having a quietly great season and he's not really getting any love for the MVP. And I think that's because of just voters being, you know, bored with Giannis. I mean, 
31, 12, and five and a half assists is crazy. Any, anyone else that would put that up would be the MVP without question. I mean, it just it, – it's crazy, and he's almost a steal, almost a block a game. Like, he's – he's insane. I don't know what else to say. I mean, 28% from threes, he's shooting about three a game. He's showing his ability to grow his game a lot, so – I feel like Giannis should get a lot more love than he's getting, but like like you said, bro, I won't be surprised if Jokic gets the third straight MVP. And I think Jaron Jackson's probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, he's been doing his thing this season, leading the league in blocks. So uh, I think he probably will get that Rookie of the Year, Bancaro. I think that's what we both agreed because he's just been mm-hmm. the only rookie that's really been hooping on our. Uh, Repicks of the MVP, defensive player, all that stuff. Uh, coach of the year, mm. Mike Brown for the Stack Kings. I definitely gotta be got to. They've had the the biggest turnaround ever. <laughs> I mean, ever. What, what were they last year? I don't think they were in the playoffs last year. They might have been. I don't. Th- I think they were like a twelve seed. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're the three, and they really didn't change anything. They signed Malik Monk. I don't think Malik Monk is nine Sabonis They 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 did get Sabonis. That's right. I thought they had Sabonis last year. Did they? I, I thought I'm they not, did. I'm not. I thought they had Tyrese last year. Did they try to miss season? Did they? Blur. It, it's, it, been blur yeah, but, uh, it's been a blur NBA wise. But uh I can I can pull it up real quick. I uh I, I can't believe I couldn't remember that. 21, 20. So they traded him during the 21-22 season. I guess it's a trade deadline because he played 47 yeah, okay. games for Indiana. And he played 15 for Sacramento. So now, yeah. So I guess it happened midway through the season. But uh, even then, that Sacramento Kings team last season finished 30-52. and 52. Yeah, they were they were the 12 seed. So, so it, and it has to be him because – Luke Walton and Alvin Gentry were their coach last season. They got rid of those guys and brought in Mike Brown, and Mike Brown has turned them around. So I agree with you, bro. He he definitely deserves a lot of love for that coach of the year. And uh, I know you don't like I know you don't like this guy, but uh, well, not I won't say you don't like him, but you're not on the biggest fan. But I think Shane Gildress. By a mile is the most approved player. I don't even think it should be a conversation for anybody. Else. I don't I don't know who they they I mean, if you want to put Tyrese Halliburton in there for leading the league in assists, total assists. I don't think he's the league leader average wise um anymore. But if you want to give him to that for just as a, to have a number two, then throw ahead go go ahead and throw him in in there. But uh Shea is, you know, been crazy, bro. He's he's been Fairly wild to watch. Um, I've started to come around on Shea's game. The the thing I didn't like was that he wasn't impacting winning enough. That was my thing with Shea. Like, I like the way he plays. I like his game. I just want him to impact winning more. But I feel like it's it's difficult. It's difficult with that roster. But they have they have good players. So I think once they get once they get Chet back. And their draft pick this year, I think they'll be better next year. So, I, I've I've came around on Shea, but a guy that I want to 
give a shout out to for that award, Laurie Marketing. Laurie Marketing has definitely made the biggest year to year jump. Like we always saw the potential with Shea. Like he always had that potential to be one of those guys. I mean, he averaged 24 and a half points last year. But Laurie Marketing, some people considered him a bust. <laughs> like, yeah, this is his they third try to team. Win. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He averaged 15 points last season with the King with with Cleveland, and now he's averaging 25 and a half points with Utah. It's just a 10 point jump in your scoring, a three point jump in your rebounds. Like, I I get it yeah, if they yeah, give it look. to Shea. I get it if they give it to Shea because he deserves it, but. Laurie Markerton from one season to this season, last season to this season, jump might have been the best. Yeah, Laurie's a he's a guy I can't I, I forgot about Laurie. Shout out to Laurie. I didn't mean to forget your dog, but uh But they haven't been winning. So I mean I gotta yeah. keep it consistent. If if I'm gonna penalize Shay for not winning, gotta penalize Lori for not winning as well. So So question though so with the with the guys that are you know i think we kind of you know in line with the awards mm-hmm. um the award you know the we were, you know, we were both in line with the awards so with the the draft coming up i do want to ask you this though you know they've been advertising you know victor to detroit and then scoot to the rockets which i don't even know if that's the best fit for scoot but um, what are your top five, your top five guys in the draft? Uh, what team do you think is going to benefit the most? Um, and, and and what do you think they can do with those top five guys? Okay, so top five in this draft, uh, of course, one two is uh, Wimby and Scoot. I think that's pretty much the consensus. Three, four, five, I would go Amen Thompson. I would go uh, Miller from Bama. And I'd probably go with Sewer Thompson, Amen Thompson's brother, twin brother. Uh, those Thompson twins, man, I don't know if it's because of the talent they're playing at OTE or what, but they've just looked like NBA-level athletes, you know, some of the things they've done just on the floor, whether it's a chase down block, whether it's a, whether it's a like catching a lob, saving a pass, like they've just done some things athletically that I'm just like, bro, they can go in the league tomorrow and compete. So I would say that's why I got them at, at up there as well. Uh, I have, uh, Miller, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his first name. Is it, is it David Darius Miller? What's his first name? Brandon Miller. Brandon, golly. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Sorry, everybody. It's been a long day. Uh, Brandon Miller, aside from his off-the-court stuff, man, Brandon Miller has been tremendous on the court, man. he uh, He's shooting 40% from three at the University of Alabama. Uh, on about seven attempts a game. He put up 41 points against South Carolina. He's, he's averaging close to 20 points per game for the 
college season. And it's been, I believe, since Zion, we haven't seen a freshman coming in average 20 points a game. So it's his production is just it's crazy. And I mean, we're in an era in the league and we're in an era in the league now where you'd like a a wing player. So with him being a six seven, six eight wing, I just feel like it works perfectly for him to be that next guy. Pick, pick, pick three, six eight, six nine forward. Yeah, and his game is just his game is, is nice, man. Nineteen and a half points now, excuse me, it's under twenty, but nineteen and a half and eight. His game is really good. And so um last but not least got Wimby and Scoot because those are just the two best guys in this draft. It just, it's, it's clear. I mean, Scoot has the potential to be a Russell Westbrook-esque type guard. His athleticism is off the charts at 6'2", 6'3", and he can create his own shot. He can create for others. So I like, I like him a lot. And Wimby has crazy potential. 7'4", seven, 7'5", seven, can shoot, can handle, guard on the perimeter. So I would uh I would want Wimby to go to Charlotte. That's the big fit that I want for him. I want him to go to Charlotte. All right. I look I agree. I got a, I got a little differentiation from you. Um I think we agree about a Wimby The only problem I have with Wimby is that he really does look like he's like hundred and ninety five pounds out there. I would really like to see him just gain a little bit more weight and muscle. Um and then I would judge his career from there. But look, Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey with him down low and potentially on your wings and then your corner spot enough, I think that might be a problem for any team going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, if they transform into what we think they can be. Um, Scoot, Scoot, um, he's the same size as Jalen Green. I'm not too fond of guards that are the same size. Unless they're both six seven, that's me. My only issue with that, if they're both six seven or six six something like that, then okay. But two six four and scoop right really be six three. I don't know if that's them. I don't think that's the plan for them going forward. And I feel like they would have to trade one of those guys. Uh, I think they would have to trade one of those guys in the near future, which might. You know, based on what they get, might work how this trade, uh, this uh, drafting goes. Um, one guy I want to talk about really is this guy, um, Anthony Black, um, out of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. He looks like a guy, bro. He looks like a Kawhi Leonard type of dude. Uh, as a you know, if you know, six seven, like two thirty type. I think you know, coming in at San Antonio, they know how to develop guys. Everybody that's coming out of San Antonio has really came in, been an NBA type of player. I think he could go – he might go to top five. Um, Cam Whitmore, another sophomore, uh, another guy, another uh, small forward out of Villanova. He looks like a real good catch-and-shoot guy, a guy that can, you know, develop into a 3 and D that a bang-on-you type of dude. Like, he can really get up. He can really get up and down the court. Um I feel like him in fast breaks, and they say he's going to the Pelicans via our pick. Um, so if you got him and Zion, whenever he comes back, and Brandon Ingram and 
and those guys that they got uh, Dyson Daniels and 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 Herbert Jones and and Alvarado, you got a solid young team. If he you know turns into and he's not a small six seven, like I said, he's two thirty. He can bang a little bit, you know. You can put him at the four, you know, mm-hmm. depending on what the matchup might be. And if you got him at the four and you got you know Zion at the five, that could be a matchup issue for a lot of teams. So right. that could work out. And then um, Nick Smith, also out of Arkansas, they got him going to the Magic. I don't know if he can benefit the Magic. They already got enough guards. They got Jalen Suggs. They got uh, Bolts still. They got um, what's that dude named Cole Anthony. Anthony. They got a lot of guys. I, I I I think they might have to flip him for somebody else that's looking for a young guard. But uh, if they can get if they can flip him for a wing, and now we're talking about something. If you can right. flip him for a wing, and you can you know put him alongside of Franz Wagner and Ben Carroll and uh, Wendell Carter, I think you can you have something going forward. Gonna have to do something about your center, but I think those. I think, um, I think if you can, instead of getting Nick Smith, if the, if the uh, Magic can get Anthony Black, I think that's a successful draft. I ain't gonna lie. All right. That would be that would be really good for that top five, bro. Uh, that would that would actually work. I mean, Detroit. I I hope Charlotte somehow wins the lottery. They lose enough for for them to get Wimbenyama, because I feel like he fit perfectly with them. I really do. Oh, man. This this topic that I'm about to bring up, though, man, it's a sad one, bro. And uh, I uh, almost don't want to talk about it, but I feel like it's necessary, especially considering we discussed the playoffs and it could really impact the playoffs. So John Morant, for those of you guys that have been living under a rock, he's been suspended for the the previous two games because of a situation he had dealt with. Uh, he was in a club. He showed a gun on his IG Live. And the the game that he played in was actually in Denver. So they were there was speculation on how he got the gun to Denver, what happened, and uh they believe he took it on the team plane. And so he's actually been indefinitely suspended. He's going to be suspended for a while. They said it's an ongoing process. And uh, I just kind of want to get your reaction for it. When you initially heard that, bro, how did you feel? How did you feel about that whole situation? Look, I'm going to sound like some old head, but I'm, I really feel some type of sadness, bro. Like, mm-hmm. he's a grown man. John is one year younger than me. He's born in 99, I'm in 98. So I'm not here to, you know, question his mental or anything. Who am I to do that? But it makes me sad because we have to fight so hard to get anywhere in life as of, you know, we're the Dynasty's podcast. We are, you know, we, we love everybody, but we do understand reality. And we understand that the reality is if you're a black man in America, you have it harder than, you know, other people. Most most times, um, you know, how the system is developed against minorities, people of color, not just black people, but people from all over the place. And um, when you're worth $200 million to do something that you love to do, I think that's everybody's dream. 
um, to be a multimillionaire, to have that access to generational wealth, especially from our communities, that access to generational wealth to get to be worth a quarter of a billion dollars at 23, 24, like, and and now you're in a situation where you're allowing people to possibly take that away from you to probably devalue how much you're worth, um, take take away. What you, what I'm sure he spent hours, countless thousands of hours in the backyard, in any gym that he can get into. Um, you know, I know we all we all have friends from all types of walks of life. Um, I know you know you may know people that are you know in lower in uh, lower income cities, neighborhoods um, that are fighting every day to survive. Don't know where their next meal is coming from. I don't know if John Rent comes from that type of environment. But if he does, you got to have somebody in your ear telling you that's a dumb idea, bro. Like, I know myself personally, you and Henry, um, all of you guys would hold me accountable if y'all saw me losing my way, going off the, you know, deep end a little bit. Hey, man, get your shit together. Excuse me for my language, but hey, man, get your shit together. You, you, you got all this going on, and I can see how you're losing it. You could lose it, man. And I'm nowhere making nowhere near as much as John Morant. So... But if he was my boy, I'd be like, "Hey, bro, I don't think that's the move, man. I don't think that's the move. I don't." And it might cause us to have an argument, but I would rather have an argument with my brother and stop stop him from doing something that I know could be detrimental to him, uh, than to let him just go on the wayside. And I say that all to say I'm not trying to absolve him. He's still a grown man. He's still I'm a grown man. I know I can't put, take, take no gun on no uh. No bus, no plane, no train, none of that. So I'm not trying to absolve him. I'm not trying to make him seem like he's some kid that didn't know what he was doing. Because you know what you're doing, especially with all the the red lasers pointing at him after the Pacers game. Like uh, on Twitter, talking about you can let somebody that you probably have don't even know from Joe Blow down the street saying you can let them know how these hollows feel. Like, dude, what are you doing, bro? What are you? What are you doing? What are you really out here doing? What are you trying to prove, bro? Like, if if it's a girl that you're trying to impress, leave her where she at, bro. Right. If it's the hood, bro, leave the hood where they at. If the hood is really with you, bro, then it's be like a Steve Jack situation where you be like, yeah, the hood behind me, but they they not gonna let me mess up my money. They ain't gonna let this mess up showing the bright spots of where we come from. I just don't understand the fascination with being a hood Negro. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it because the guys that I know that are in the hood, shout out to them. They're great guys. But um, the ones that I know, they would switch places with John Morant. They would they would stop doing whatever recreational enjoyments they do. Um, they would stop today. I got guys that were very talented in high school playing ball that for one reason or another could just never make that next jump. Maybe they didn't have the uber athleticism John has. Maybe they don't have the the they'd be able to get it into the crowd. He has a whole generation of young guys grittying now. That's a dance because of John Morant. So you have all this, and for whatever reason, you decide to bring a gun on the plane, and it wasn't even no big gun. It was a Harlem Knights pistol. Like I'm not look. It's Trying to make light of a dark situation can be touchy, but bro, I'm just saying that you got to be smarter than that. You you got to make smart decisions. And if there's people in your ear telling you that the outside world is tripping, no, they tripping. You need to get rid of them today, bro. Because they're 
the only place that shout out to my grand my grandfather, Lord rest his beautiful soul. He told me, he told my dad that anger can only lead you to being dead or in jail. And I'm not accusing Job Brent of being angry at anybody, but I will say that just like anger can lead you to being dead and in jail, I will also say that making very stupid decisions can lead you the same way. I'm not, I pray that this is the old John Morant, like they said on Undisputed, I pray that this is how, who he was um, before. I pray that he's got somebody that's, you know, coaching him through this to help him be a better man. But I'm going to be real with you, bro. Gilbert Arenas gave us a prime example of how the NBA is going to crack down on stuff like that. Um, they, they look, and I'll give you a perfect example. Has nothing to do with guns, though. Kyrie Irving, we saw the stipulations that they put on him for tweeting about a movie or whatever the thing was that he was talking about. We ain't got to get into that. But what I, what I want to say is Myers Leonard also said something anti-Semitic. Um, and you know, he lost his job a little bit, but he, he got right back in the league and we didn't hear about it. What I, what I bring that up to say is the league is going to crack down on brothers that's not doing what they're supposed to do. Okay, the league's cracked down on the cracked down on the sport for weed, and we all know it's twenty twenty three. We know how harmless weed is. There's no, and I don't, I don't smoke. You don't smoke, so we're not, you know, advertising to do it. Um, but we know how harmful it is. Um, how how the league has criminalized us for doing weed as harmless as marijuana is, and you're gonna bring a firearm. And it's not like it was like in his pocket or something that somebody might have been recording and you really can't tell what was in his pocket, what was like jammed in his pocket or sticking out a little bit. It wasn't that. You're in the camera. First off, to get on Instagram Live, I've never done an Instagram Live, but I do know to get on Instagram Live, you have to go to the, you have to swipe to Instagram Live. Then you have to press live. Then you have to say, it's going to ask you, are you sure you want to record this? And then you have to press yes. So that's four different decisions. You have four stop signs where you could have been like, I don't think this is the way, bro. You're John Morant. There, I see girls on on Instagram, Twitter, talking about, oh, John Morant is so fine. So it ain't the girls he's after. It's the street cred. And mm-hmm. if you're worth two, 250 mil, and the next time your contract is up, you'll be, what, 26? You might be eligible for $400 million after this next CBA. So... You just you just can't put your future, your family, your daughter. He has a daughter. You just can't put them in that type of harm's way where they where you might be cutting down their access to a better living. Because after Jaws going, his daughter might still be a millionaire. I, I pray she is, but I don't want this to to affect her ability to be half a billionaire. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like I just hate that. I hate when brothers and sisters put ourselves in a situation where we know better and we do it anyway to get a few more dap ups from the big homie who might not even really be the big homie. Like, I just don't understand it. I appreciate everything you said about this situation, bro, because I mean, I felt strongly about it because I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm not a, huge John Morant fan. Uh, I've been on record calling him overrated. I mean, he's at the deepest position in the league, and I've, like I said, I've been on record calling him overrated before. Uh, 
with this, man. I don't, and I want to start off by saying I don't wish bad on any, any, any person. I'm not black, white, yellow, red, blue, green. I don't wish bad on any person because everybody has someone that depends on them. Like you mentioned, his daughter, his mom, his dad, they all depend on him. He's the breadwinner for the family. But to do something like that is not only stupid, but it's also dangerous, man. You you flashing a gun, you people are gonna like and like you said, you quoted Undisputed. I've been watching them talk about this situation as well. Shannon Sharp's been ahead of the curve with everybody, been trying to get to Ja, hoping he heard him because he has experience being a professional athlete on on a level that's top tier, you know, and so he was just saying, like, man, you don't have to prove nothing to anybody. People are going to come and check you about that gun. Like, oh, I got the gun. I'm this, I'm that. Oh, you can get, like you said, you can get hollows. Hollows are free. Like, like, bro, if you say that to the right person, they're going to come and see if you're willing to give out them hollows. And why would you want to lose your life when it's so many situations about, about just helpless gun violence already in the African-American community. It's always black on black crimes. And one minute you're showing people that, okay, like you said, I can come from that and I can get out and I can make better for myself, make good legal money, being good at a craft. But you showing this just gives people the, the ammunition, the fuel to say, that's how black people are. That's how everyone yep. is. And you're, and like you said, you're on that level making $200 million. If you're going to be like that, what does that say about everyone else? The people that aren't making $200 million. It's just, you have a Nike shoe, you're a, a Powerade athlete, one of the faces of the NBA. I mean, he is like, he's one of the most popular guys in the NBA. And to do this just doesn't make sense to me. I I just wish I could ask him why. Like, what what are you doing? Are you are you worried about your safety? You're making two hundred million dollars. Spend a million a year in higher security. You Is can it get some best security ever too? Exactly. You can get Secret Service level security for a million dollars a year. Is it? Is it that like you said you're trying to get? big ups from the big homie, that's not a good big homie because shouldn't he be giving you big ups for making it to the league, making it out and making a better way? Is it your friends? Because if your friends are telling you, yo, yeah, you're good, bro, you're fine with the guns and this and that, they're not good friends. Like, I just, I don't understand what he's looking for. I don't understand why and maybe it's not meant for me to understand why, because I've never really been a gun guy. Like, I'll be honest with you. Like, I mean, I never saw the big, big deal with guns, but he wasn't like this as a rookie. Exactly. Or was he? Or was he? I mean, he wasn't like this as a two-year player. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I thought he was a good kid. Like, kid, good kid, Mad City. I know he's from South Carolina, but the part of South Carolina he's from is nowhere near Memphis. People might drive there, but I mean, bro, like like you said, there's there's a picture of him on the internet smiling in a in a uniform with his mom and dad. 
He's a good kid, come from a good home. What are you trying? I, that 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 shit kills me, bro. Like, I like I said, as 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 you can probably attest to, um, I know real ones, bro. I know real hood dudes, bro, and and I'm talking about people that you know they don't get on Twitter talking about you can feel how the hollows feel. They might really. You might wake up one day and all you hear is a bunch of tires screeching and it's a bunch of gunshots out from making threats online like John Moran did, bro. And it, it just, it really, bro, I, I hate to cut you off. I'm so sorry. But that that joke broke my heart. And I'm not even a John Moran fan. He's kind of like a, he's like a, a just a guy to me, a jag. You know, he's a good player. Um, they, got a, they got a chance to probably be a dynastic team if they can get the pieces to fit whether fit well, but it all relies on him and just for you to I remember, man, when NBA contracts were like $60 million for five years. And granted, that's still generational money. Don't get it twisted. But if you go back even further, now you're talking about Scottie Pippen. Ten mil, like what? $5 million for seven years? Now you're not even making a million a year. And before that, Magic Johnson was the first guy to make a million dollars in uh and he played for the Los Angeles Lakers, the biggest franchise uh wealth wise probably ever. Um I, I don't know the list, but what I'm saying is we have always had it harder than the next guy. All right. And I don't know the statistics or anything, but I do know that African Americans have a harder hill to climb to the promised land. We don't know. Most of us don't have the generational wealth, the mom and dad money that, you know, maybe Donald Trump inherited or Joe Blow, Elon Musk inherited, you know, we don't have that. So, and they already try to push that stereotype on, oh, you're just a hooper. You're just an entertainer. Okay. Well, I am a hooper, but I'm also worth more than any of y'all. And because I brought a gun to just, He didn't even have the gun. It wasn't even a big gun. It wasn't a big gun at all. Like, it was something that you probably hit somebody with and they'd be like, ah, but they all right. Like, so you going to flash a little gun and you're a big million? I just don't get it. I'm sorry. I just don't get it, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, bro. He he definitely had a, had a uh, terrible lapse in judgment. I will say that he – uh. He did, and he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have some work to do to to get gain that trust back. I mean, I saw Nike released a statement saying that they're they're gonna do all they can to investigate and see how everything goes. I just it, it sucks to it sucks to see it, bro. It really does. I just yeah, man. I hope and pray that he gets the help he needs. Hope and pray that he. He does what he has to do to get back in good favor, in good standing with the league, with his teammates. Because it's it's even worse when you think about it that they had a players only meeting, and Stephen Adams basically all but said, "Ja, you need to stop partying when you're when we're on the road, because that's why our road record's bad." And he goes out to party and does that and gets in trouble. It just if 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 you listen to the people that actually have your best interest at heart, sometimes. Stuff to be a little better, you know. So I just, 
I'm praying for him. I pray that he works his stuff out because I don't want him to get on the band list. I mean, like you said, Gilbert Arenas did this. He had one injury, and in two years, he was basically out of the league. Yep. Two years, he was basically out of the league. And Gilbert Arenas was a great player. Like, he was, great he player. was one of them guys. Just a bad decision. And and it's it's a saying that they always say in sports, they're going to tolerate you until they can replace you. And Tyus Jones has been playing well. He played well last season when Ja was out. He's playing well with Ja Morant being out now. He needs to be careful that they don't mess around and give up on him because Tyus Jones is making less money and Tyus Jones is giving him equal production. He needs to be careful. Tyus Jones is also a very quiet guy. And for more small market teams, I feel like they target more quieter guys to, you know, lead the strike in a sense. Because he is the point of he is the point of contact for the offense. So, you know, Memphis has never been known for a lot of flim flam anyway. I mean, Ja kind of brought that to them anyway. So, I mean, we could go we could go on and on and beat it into these people's heads about the mistake that Jai did. Um, I don't, I'm not going to do that. I don't think you want to do when you partake in that either, but uh, he just makes smarter decisions, bro. Like this black on black thing, this don't has to stop. Like I, 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 I look, and it's going to sound bad, but I doubt he was talking about a white person when he was talking about, you can feel how these hollows feel. I doubt he was pointing that those red lasers, his guys were pointing those red lasers at a white person. I'd high, I highly doubt that. Okay, so for he would have been arrested. He definitely he would have been. been he definitely would have been arrested because that slap on the wrist might be a reason. Of, you know, he didn't. No, nothing was charged. I don't hear about nothing about a settlement or anything. Yeah, like I don't. I, I just don't understand what it's doing for our. I don't understand what it's doing for us to be slandering each other so bad. Um, I just, I just don't get it, and I hate to have to wake up one day and look at a wood bomb that says John Morant out indefinitely for the rest of the season because we already know that um, um, Christmas ain't going nowhere without John Morant. We know that for a fact. And when it's contract time, and he wants that super mask, and he wants everybody to sweep this under the rug. Listen, bro, those owners are not going to sweep this under the rug, bro. They're going to use this moment in time. What? It's March 8, 2023. His contract might be up in 2025, I, I think. Or it might be 2026, whatever. Point is, they're going to use this to say, no, because we don't trust you representing our brand because the brand is the namesake of where, where we're getting this money from. We don't we trust we don't trust you to represent our brand going forward. So we're not going to pay you the super max, which in my estimation, based on how global the NBA is now, how much access, how much we see these people's faces on every social media platform. That's also bringing them money for endorsements. He's not getting a three hundred million dollar Nike deal anytime soon because of this. So that's three hundred million that you're not going to get. That would make me cry right now if you told me I'm not getting $300 million. Um, You're not going to get that from Nike. You're probably not going to get that from Gatorade either. That's another multi-billion dollar corporation that I'm pretty sure they wanted to be represented by John Morant before this. Um, probably not Powerade. 
another multi-billion. It's like you see what I'm saying. He just he just wrote himself off for a lot of M's. So mm. everybody, please just take this for face value and please refrain from making these dumb decisions again. Please. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. Oh man, that is uh that situation just hurts, man. But uh just that kind of leads perfectly into the ending of the Dynasties podcast episode. You know, we typically like to leave nuggets with people, and I guess I'm just gonna go ahead and just reiterate what you said, man. Please, man, let's make better decisions. Let's stop, breathe, and think, man. That's all what I always try to do because you don't do that you're gonna make a hasty decision so stop breathe take 30 seconds to breathe and then think about what you have to lose in a situation before you just hastily do something because man it's not good you never know like you said earlier bro hasty decisions can lead to a forever amount of consequences so that's that's all i got for the people today man um all I got, you know, ending is um, I know we look like a podcast to you guys. We might just look like a group of friends, but when I tell you guys that these are my brothers, um, this man, Cape, has been with me through some of the worst you know, times in life of my life. Um, and we've been friends uh, since, like, what, October 2016, something like that. So going on a very uh, lucrative in the amount of French, the value of the friendship um, it's been very lucrative to me in that in that regard, and I hope I've been that for, for, uh, to you and your in your family, bro. Um, but I will say that's my nugget. Um, I want y'all to look at this uh, this relationship, this friendship, this brotherhood that we have, and try to emulate that with your friends. Um, I could call these guys at any time of the day. Um, you know, Darius, he's got his own job, he's got his girlfriend. They're a wonderful couple. He's got his family, but I can still call him and be like, bro, I need you. And he'll help me out in the best way that he can. And it's the same thing with me. He can call me at any time. And I'll be like, man, man, I'm on the way. Surround yourselves with guys like that. And I promise you, if you surround your guy, yourself with guys like that, that, you know, they want the best for you, but they're also logical. They're realistic. They can, they'll let you know what you need to hear instead of what you want to hear. If we if we start there with the friendships, I promise you guys these types of these types of stories, these you know decisions, they'll be they'll be less of them made. And I urge everybody to try to find friendships like that. Amen, bro. I I appreciate you saying the words, honestly, bro. Kindly, definitely do, bro. You already know, definitely been that for from me and my family as well, bro. So truly, truly, truly appreciate those words, bro. Ah oh, man, this has been another another successful Dynasties podcast video, man. Grateful we can come and talk with y'all about hoops. Definitely going to start doing this more often, especially when the NBA playoffs roll around. We're definitely going to try to get y'all at least another episode or two before the playoffs. And then when the playoffs hit, oh, we back on it weekly. You already know how we're going to be on that. So uh, it's your boy, Darius Capers, Kung Fu Cape. And I'm signing off. I'm going to let Alex do his sign off. And then, you know, we're going to let y'all go. Hey, peace and love to everybody, man. I don't know you guys um, from Joe Blow to Richard Pryor, but um, I have love for everyone that's, you know, been with us on this journey. Um, 
It's your boy Alex Reed, Tingo Bands. Um, and I'm it's a privilege to be able to present basketball um and any type of sports content with you guys. This is a lifelong hobby dream that I've had. And you able to spend it with my brothers and spend share my knowledge with you guys and get y'all feedback. It means the world to me. So thank you. Last but not least, man, make sure you're following the Dynasties podcast on Instagram and the YouTube channel. Next week, we are doing our Dream Build Festival ticket giveaway. You need to be there. Those tickets are completely sold out. We are giving away two tickets, a ticket for you and a ticket for your homegirl, homeboy, girlfriend, boyfriend, mom, dad, sister, brother, whoever you want to bring. You can get two free Dream Build tickets. Yes, to see Jermaine Cole and Aubrey Drake Graham. You want to be there. Do not miss out on this opportunity. Thank you, guys. Free. Until next time, it's your boys.